Hello, and welcome back to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stopp. And I am Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us, and thank you for joining us, as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. We are back. Um... I uh, was supposed to be out of town last weekend, so, but I forgot to tell you that, and then I got COVID, so it didn't go out of town last weekend, but I was also feeling kind of bad, and then uh, we didn't record because of, you know, either way we wouldn't have been able to because I, I was otherwise disposed to not be able to crawl up here to this room and record, but thankfully we're back Really glad to be back, and really glad to be back talking about an episode that we, I don't even think we've really, sometimes we, we you know, we come up with ideas and sort of like, a little, you know, peek behind the curtain, like, sometimes after we record, we'll talk to like, plan out like, what we'll do next week, and then we have these little spurts where we come up with like, 10 episode ideas, well, maybe not 10, but like 5, and for a weekly podcast, you know, that That'll get you, that'll last a little while, and then we don't really, like, come up with new ideas, at least, that we share or that we flesh out for, like, a month or two, and then we come up with a bunch of ideas. So, because of that, sometimes we will say, like, oh, you know, we may or may not have an episode on this topic coming up if we, like, make an aside during a different episode or whatever. Um, But I don't think we've even done that with this one, but it has been on the docket for, I think it was, I think we came up with it sometime like right before heresy month or like during heresy month. So yep. at the time that we're recording this, it's the end of November. So it's been it's been at least on the back burner in both of our minds for like quite two, a while. Two or three so months. even though we haven't Yeah, even though we haven't like it's not directly connected to what we've been doing recently in terms of any of the topics that we've touched on. Um it is something that we've had on our minds for a while, and I know especially you uh, have had on your and your mind for a while in like a I think a uh, more specific way because I mean you were the one who suggested we do this originally, and um, I thought it was a great great idea. So I'll let you kind of like give us a fuller lay of the land for where we want to go or what sort of inspired it. But we're talking about um, art in a very general sense. We're talking, you know, we're not just talking about music or just talking about. Um, painting or sculpting or whatever, but we're kind of trying to, at least for a starting point, or at least as a a general overarching sort of theme, talking about art and the devaluing of art in that implies what is the value of art? You know, does art have a value that it can, that it can lose? Um, I mean, there's, there's a million questions we could ask, but really we're, we're, we're trying to have sort of a conversation reflecting on what is art? What, what does art do? What is art's purpose, maybe? What is it? What is its value, ultimately? And, you know, based on the title of this episode, spoiler alert, we think that there's, at least in some sense, some kind of devaluing of art that can happen or has happened or is happening. We'll, we'll see where we go. But that's sort of the, the flyover view. But like I said, it was originally your idea. So I'm curious to hear in more detail sort of the inspiration and especially like, if there's a major like point that you wanna that you wanna explore, or if um, there's a few things you have in mind, or whatever it is, but kick it to you. What's 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 the background here to this topic? 
Yeah, well, as you alluded to, it has been a while since I proposed this idea for an episode. So I actually, truthfully, I don't remember like the exact thing, if there was even an exact thing, or if it had been a uh, an accumulation of things that had been happening in my life. But um, I want to say at the outset, like in in some of the critiques that I might have here, the the things that I might have to say, I don't want to necessarily... Like, I don't want it to come across like I'm belittling anybody who does these things or who participates in these things because I recognize that, like, you know, for example, if we're talking about music or if we're talking about architecture or if we're talking about art or something, like, I don't want to, I don't want to devalue what you do or the, you know, your career or maybe even just your hobby. Um, but I do, I do still want us to think critically, reflect, uh, sort of, even theologically on the the importance of of art generally speaking so i guess yeah let's just let's just get into it um i i didn't really know where to start and so i just figured that we would start by by thinking about um you know these different types of art so so music movies tv shows um architecture paintings crafting whatever it might be these are all forms of art um, there are people who are very skilled at, you know, arranging music or uh, building a skyscraper or, um, you know, crafting seven episodes of a TV show or something. Like, those are all, like, really important things. They're things that people do well. Um, but I do think, like, in, in, in the world that we live in, in a, in a capitalistic society, um, in a hyper commodity commoditized like where, where everything becomes like about the bottom line it becomes about like wanting to make as much money as possible i think that those those qualities that drive the making of a lot of art is what devalues art so that that's that's kind of like the, where i want to go things that i want to explore today um, I know one of the little nuggets that that birthed this episode idea um, really was just like driving around the town I live in. Um, so like it's a it's a very historic town. It's a very um, like it has a, a rich Norwegian heritage. Like people came and settled here, you know, 150 or 200 years ago, whatever, from largely from Norway. Um, so like we actually have we we boast the largest Norwegian. Um, Independence Day festival outside of Norway itself in the whole world. So like, you know, our town every Setendamai, which is 15 or 17th of May, um, that's like Norwegian Independence Day. It's a big celebration. There's, you know, a parade and festival and all kinds of stuff going on. So you, you can drive around my town and see this rich, beautiful architecture both downtown and in some of the some of the you know the housing areas like where you'll see houses and they'll have like nameplates that'll say you know built in 1872 or 1907 or whatever and it's like wow these are just like beautiful homes like how how are these built like when you think about like oh it's built up into the side of this massive hill like how did they do that like how long did it take what resources were utilized um and then you can you compare that, uh, you, you you juxtapose that that rich, beautiful historic architecture with the new subdivision that they're building out on the edge of town, which is aptly titled or 
titled, named, whatever, Nordic Ridge. So it's it's trying to tap into like some of that Norwegian heritage. But like all the houses are just these cookie cutter, boring boxes. Like my, my wife and I will drive over there every once in a while because it's a shortcut to go to her parents' house. And we're just like, how did 50 more houses pop up overnight? Like, where are these coming from? Who's building these? Why do these all look exactly the same? You just swap out the siding and the shutters and the garage door, and it looks like a different house, but it's the same thing. And so, like, that was an example that, that was a catalyst for wanting to talk about this. Um, if you want another example, I was recently reading a, I don't know if you call it a biography or a history, but it's a it's a book about the band Wilco. Um, I'm sure you guys know, big fan of the band Wilco. They're, they're from Chicago. Um so like somewhat somewhat local to me where i've lived where i've been um and one of the things about the band wilco if you know is like they used to be on a record label back in the 90s that was the one of their focuses was like they didn't care necessarily about having big hit makers at one time meaning like they they didn't sign an artist because they thought that artist was going to be a rocket to the moon right now they signed a band because they they cared more about the artistic expression. They cared more about the, like, over time, this band will generate income for us. And it's not about the here and the now right in this moment. Well, some of that began to change as, like, as time went on, as we got into the early 2000s. Think of, like, you know, MP3s are starting to be a big thing. Um, big billboard hits. Um, and so, like, there was some... There was some uh, you know, moving in the music industry, there was like consolidation of smaller record companies under these bigger ones. Think of like Universal and um, I'm blanking on any of these other larger label names, but I'm sure you can imagine what I'm trying to, to get at here. But um, famously, if you guys are familiar with Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, that's probably Wilco's most famous album. It's got that like brownish beige album cover with the two towers on the Chicago River that look like corn cobs. I, I think they're called like Mariana's Building. I, I forget the name of the tower, but if you've ever been to Chicago, you, you'll see the two corn cob looking buildings along the river, sort of by Trump Tower. Um like that was their most famous album and it's sort of infamous now the story is like they went to their label the label was like no we're not going to release this you need to go back and like you know back to the drawing board and they were like no uh let us leave our music let us you know leave the the deal that we currently have we're going to take all this music and we'll release it on our own and it it blew up they released it free on the internet actually at first and then it was later released and everything and it's gone on to have you know, 20 years later now, it's sort of like a classic album, so to speak. Um, but what's really interesting as, that I was trying to pinpoint there was that idea of like music as a commodity, music as like, it's not about the art, it's not about the music, it's about the dollars. It's about what will make the most money right here, right now, what's going to be the, you know, the song of the summer, what's going to generate all the streams. As opposed to like art for art's sake, like music for good musicianship, not just something that'll you know be an earworm on the radio for the summer. Um, so those are those are just like two examples of what I'm trying to get at here. Is like this when, and I guess I didn't even touch on it in the you know that neighborhood I was talking about, but like I have to imagine that like at least one, maybe two or three companies are involved in like building these houses as quickly as possible probably as cheaply as possible, but like to also make the most amount of money that they can on their return. 
Um, so instead of having beautiful, ornate, um, you know, craftsmanship, it's more about like cookie cutter, what we can make, what we know how to make. It'll, you know, maybe stand the test of time for a while, but it's not going to like be anything anybody looks at 150 years from now. Um, and so the the question I want to sort of like kick around in this episode, the thing that I want maybe you to sort of explore right now is like, what do you think about that devaluation of art when it simply becomes about um, minimizing the spending, maximizing the profits, or maybe you do spend a lot at, at, at the risk of like, I, I think this is going to be a, a huge money making thing. Like, I, I recognize that we live in a world where, like, money's important. People need to have money to buy food and pay rent and have insurance and such. Um, but p- particularly as we talk about art, what do you think about that idea, man? What do you think about this devaluation, um, this hyper-commodification? I don't even know if that's the right word, but, like, you know what I'm trying to say is, like, we've we've taken this thing, whether it's music or architecture, we've made it a commodity, and we've, like blasted that off and like almost taken it to places I never really thought it could go. What, what are, what are some of your thoughts? How did, how did you approach this episode? Yeah, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind, if I think about, you know, music is a great example. Um, but it, it is the one I'm, I'm probably most familiar with it, like m- movies and, and film and TV in general are kind of a, a similar in my mind, at least a similar kind of thing. Um, I think the, that the, I don't, I don't know the right, like if you'd say transformation or just um, taking art, whether we're talking about some kind of visual art, some kind of music, some kind of like, like fine arts, like the type of stuff you see in a museum, that kind of um, like, like not like a natural history museum, but like a <laughs> museum of a fine art or whatever. Um, like it, it seems like there's, and maybe this is a little bit of like rose-colored glasses. Maybe it's because I, I of a lack of understanding of like what you know life on the street in like Vienna in the 1740s was like, or something like that. But like, there's there's a like a, a simple you know simplification isn't really the right word, but like a dumbing down that allows you to I think the like classic uh, suburban subdivision houses are a great are, are a great example where um, like it really is a, a it's, some of them it's it's not even it's not even just different colors or some some of them it's literally like the, like the first thing that comes to mind for some reason is the um, <laughs> in the Harry Potter movies the street that the Dursleys live on like like some, Develop, housing developments literally are cookie cutters that are that are the same color, they're the same material, you know, and and some of them are spruced up or people move in and out over time and they they add on additions or you know like, but at the end of the day, like that kind of architecture is a good example. But I, but if you listen to like top forty radio hits enough, or you watch and I, you know not to ruffle your feathers, but if you watch you know more than half of a Marvel movie, like there is this very not that it's not hidden it's just the way it is we're just we're just used to it you know and and maybe we're okay with it or maybe because we're used to it we don't give it a second thought but it's it's not you know when you go to the movies when you're talking about 
the blockbuster movies. You're talking about the movies that get lots of uh, marketing and you know commercials and ads on on your phone that pop up, and they've got millions and millions and millions of dollars poured into making them. These huge, you know, star-studded cat, you know, those kinds of movies. I'm not saying all movies because you know I have a friend who's really into like weird foreign indie movies. Like, so I, I'm fully aware that you know art is not dead in the film world. Um, but in terms of the blockbuster movies, the suburban cookie cutter subdivision developments, the, the, um, you know, turn on the radio, whatever newest summer radio hit, you know, you listen to every June or whatever that rolls around. It's formulaic because it's a commodity. It's, it's sort of like you think about Henry Ford and the assembly line allowing the Model T's to be mass-produced, houses, movies, music, and, the, and on and on and on are mass-produced commodities now. And that means they need to... There, there's, there's a certain supply and demand that goes into it. There's a certain amount of, like, investment in the cost to throw up this, you know, box of a house over here to put together this, you know, addition to the... Marvel Universe over here, or this song from this currently hot artist over here to throw it up on Instagram to get clicks or whatever. Like, there's that formulaic cookie cutter side of it comes from the fact that it's a commodity. It's not an exercise in creativity. And I'm not saying, you know, every popular music artist is uncreative or that every, um, well, certainly not everybody involved in, you know, I keep picking on Marvel, but they're, I mean, that, that's just the obvious, like, that's what, you know, for, for our, you know, young adulthood, like, look, if when we're old and look back in history, like, the, the Marvel movies, that's like, that kind of defines movie going for the last 10, 15 years, and who knows how much longer, in terms of the big movie that people talk about that gets the ads and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's not, I'm not saying that everybody involved or even everybody who is, is involved in a high level with a Marvel movie, like, like a director or, or a writer or whatever are, are inherently, you know, uncreative people who are just, but, but music labels and publishing companies, uh, and movie production studios, um, they very much are uncreative people who are just moving chess pieces around to put together the right formula to strike gold and over a summer drum up a, a billion clicks on YouTube and, and rake in the ad revenue, right? And that's not music. Like, I think of in this, the those psalms, I can't think of the one off the top of my head, but those psalms where David talks about, or I think it's David, it might not be only David, but like those psalms that... that make reference to like sing it like you know sing a new song to the lord sing a song on the lyre and on the the 10 string lute or whatever and it's like i have no idea what those songs of praise that the psalm is talking about and the psalms were originally obviously um i, I have no idea what they sounded like i don't even have a mental picture of of what instruments they're referring to let alone what they sounded like or what would go into the the um the the writing of a song and 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 adding in those lyrics for the purpose of of praise but 
But just that idea is something very, very different in terms of a, of a, of a you know, the, the quote unquote production of music than I got a big record deal because my style fits what's popular now. So they gave me a million dollars to go into the studio and to sort of catch lightning in a bottle for the purpose of making these corporate executives a ton of money. And in exchange for that, I'll get, you know, a small slice of that money, but still a lot of money and I'll get to be famous and people will know my name. And like, that's just, that's just something that's totally different. And obviously I like going to, you know, I love music artists. I have my favorites that I, that I pay tons of money for their merch and for um, physical copies of their music and to go see them live in concert. Like, like I'm aware of their names and I think they're really cool. And I look up to like, I like, all of that's fine, and that goes back to what you said at the beginning, where like money is just a fact of our existence. But there's also a difference between, um, well, I'll go, I'll go back to. There's a difference between Yankee Hotel Foxtrot becoming insanely popular and sparking a reaction that, you know, if you were to put a dollar amount, <laughs> like, would be a really big dollar amount over the last couple decades. And a lot more of that went into the people involved in producing and writing and creating that album's pockets than it would have if it had been released through a major record label. But like, it's, it's still that story is still reflective of this difference, right? Where it's like, no, we can't, you cannot give us this record, you have to go change your music for us to release it. And the reason, the motivation for that is what they thought would be popular, what they thought would be a hit, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, it's something fundamentally different than what I, you know, I'm not a very uh, necessarily creative person, but like the the pursuit of a craft, right? Like um, your wife is an artist. I have other friends who are artists or whose spouses are artists. And like, it, you know, like I have a, I have a friend here whose wife is a potter. And she's super talented, and she makes all kinds of different things, um, like like more art-looking pieces, but then also like mugs and plates and things that are that are like handcrafted, u- more utility kind of items. But they're beautiful, and they're so well made. And um, you know, we've we've bought stuff from her like for gifts for people, and and like we bought my grandma something from her last year for Christmas, and you know she had this conversation with her where she was like, this is so amazing. We're like, yeah, you know, it's handmade by one of our, that's so amazing. And, and there's something different than that. Then you can go get a very nice looking, or at least generally speaking, nice looking, you know, plate from target. But like, nobody's going to confuse those two things. Um, Even if you prefer the look of the target plate, because it's your favorite color, as opposed to something like, you're not going to confuse, you know, a handcrafted plate from a potter, in their in their workshop in their own kiln that they that that you can you can see you know the 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 process to this you know assembly line disconnected you know mass production facility probably somewhere overseas where people are being paid you know pennies to operate these big machines that spit out millions of cheap plates that then I go to target and buy when I you know it's it's my first night in a new apartment and we don't forgot we don't have any plates on pack so we go buy something cheap you know like that's there's there's an there's a a clear divide i think where 
you you can see it in music, you can see it in film, you can see it in um, uh, the even the th- things that might not immediately sound like art, um, but are an art form in themselves. Like if you think about, you know, moving away from pottery, like um, like a chair, like we have we have a, co- a coffee table and two end tables that that we got on Facebook Marketplace from these people who just built build like really nice quality wooden furniture in the garage. And that's so much different than going and buying a coffee table made of wood from Walmart. Right. And not just, and, and, you know, there's sort of the, the, the utility side of like, it's better quality (laughs) and, and so it costs more money and it's going to last longer and it looks better. But there's also just like, I went to this house to pick them up and throw them in the back of the car and saw this little workshop they had set up in the garage. And it's like, it's like, there's this, there's this connection that I'm able to draw to a coffee table even though I'm not somebody who has any like woodworking skill or have ever built a piece of furniture or even really understand the process of building a piece of furniture. But like there's there's a connection there that's totally disconnected and, and, and I'm totally alienated from the from the materials, the process and the finished product to a certain extent because I just go to Walmart and pick up a, a box that has no shape of its own with a picture of it in, in, a, in you know somebody else's living room on the front. And then I just, you know, stick the pieces together and, and you know, have a, a a new piece of furniture or whatever. And, you know, I've, I've, I'm not trying to say that there's not a place for, like, quick, mass-produced, easy things in our modern life. But what are we losing with that? You know, like, what, what and, and that ties back to what we're talking about. What we're losing is there's, is the art form, you know? Like, we think about, like, the liberal arts and like the like you know language art class uh, in in middle school or whatever like art is 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 a is a arts are skills that require specialized knowledge that you can then pour into something maybe i'm producing music for you to enjoy or i'm producing a coffee table for you to use or i'm producing plates for you to use you know for your community and that community can be now because of the internet and technology can be broader, right? Because I can ship, I can ship my handmade mug across the world now, which I couldn't before. But the point is that's way different than going to a big, you know, just just a, a, a retail chain to pick a mass-produced version of something that you need or, or want or whatever. Um, I veered a little bit more into just like <laughs> commodities in general, but I think what I wanted, what I wanted to like really echo is like. If if there is if there is one thing that's like problematic for the way that we interact with art in whatever form, I would agree with you. I think that one thing is the commodification of things that ultimately should not be commodities. Now, do I have some kind of like fleshed out proposal for how, you know, music artists in our society can have a place to live and food to eat and all their needs met and and not be tangled up into this web of money commodifying their art form into something else. No, I, I don't have a, you know, and because an entire nexus of systems that interlock and crisscross has risen up and developed so that that's how they need to make money is they need to get paid by big record labels of which there's probably only like four in the whole country that own all the other subsidiaries or whatever. Just like there's like four companies that produce all of our food, you know, and all that kind of thing. And it's like, 
it it's it's a much bigger problem than like oh you signed a record deal it it's 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 the it's the label's problem it's not the artist's problem <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's Walmart's problem it's not um and it's even bigger than Walmart but it's Walmart's problem it's not you know the person who you know cuts a deal with Walmart to sell their like like you see on Shark Tank sometimes somebody yeah. comes up with a genuinely inventive new useful helpful thing that solves a problem and they go in there and they're able to get a bunch of capital to then produce enough that they cut a deal with Walmart and it's like it's like that's the system we live in but that's the problem and when we're that's, moving away yeah. from like you like tools and useful things back into the more like quote unquote traditionally what you might think of as art you know music painting architecture whatever like it's such a bit it's such it it feels very hollow to listen to like the radio during the summer <laughs> versus some and, and it doesn't even need to be like I, I say underground, but it doesn't need to be underground, but just some, you know, more niche, you know, maybe it's a genre that's not super popular, so it wouldn't be played on the radio. And it's a band that, like, you know, not a ton of people know about, so they don't have, like, tons of cash that they've thrown into, like, super polishing up their records or whatever. But it's just, like, there's there is a, there's some kind of intangible difference, right, between seeing a Marvel movie versus seeing some kind of, like, passion project. Or buying a Walmart table or a handmade table, et cetera, et cetera, all the examples I've given. And I think that that's, it really comes down to, to money being the root of all evil when it comes to art. And, and more specifically, it's that commodification. And I completely agree, like, that's that's the problem. You know, yeah. that that's the difference, you know, that if you're comparing two things and you're like, man, what, why does this one feel so much more meaningful or whatever? It's like, that's why. Yeah. I know you you've you've taken it exactly where I thought we would go. I I I specifically like you 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 hit so many nails on the head that it's going to be hard for me to like even c- connect the dots here. Um but you know you you mentioned Marvel and you said not trying to ruffle my feathers. My fe- my feathers are fine. Like I recognize that Marvel is a money-making machine. And Marvel recognizes that about themselves too. If you've seen this show, She-Hulk, they like poke fun at themselves about it. Um, so like, w- yeah, we we live in an era where you know directors like Steven Spielberg and and Martin Scorsese and and others like them are are critiquing uh, modern movies and the the conglomeration of just like churning out Marvel feature after Marvel feature to make as much money as possible. Um, or you think about corporations and businesses and and you you touched on this man but like we don't even think about it this way a table is just a table a bookshelf's a bookshelf a car is a car these days like we've lost the reality or the 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 you know the the knowledge that like at one time that was a a a piece of art that was something that was blood sweat and tears were poured into it and and made and crafted um, but now they've just become like mass produced assembly line, like we have to get new ones every three years because they break. Like we, we, we've, we've, we've made systems and, uh, means to make these things so easily, so cheaply just to keep regurgitating and churning them back out. Um, like what, what does that do to us over time? If we're going to make a theological connection, obviously we're a theological podcast. We're not some sort of like cultural analysis podcast and, you know, per se, like there, I, I, I think about this quote and I'm probably like 
butchering its context. I truthfully don't know the context. Someone should, I maybe should have looked it up beforehand or someone can correct me. But each week when we record, I have the tremendous privilege of looking up at a picture, a piece of art, <laughs> a piece of art that was, that was, I'm guessing drawn and then like digitized. Um, I, I don't even know his real name, but he he goes by contemplative icons or contemplative icons on on Instagram and Twitter. Um, what he did is he would make um, you know these these recreations and and even in in a way like new creations of of theologians that were themed. So I'm looking up at the Cappadocians. So I'm I'm seeing Basil and Gregory and Monica and Gregory and Gregory of Nyssa is holding a scroll and the quote says only wonder understands anything um and so i I looked up the fuller quote again i don't know its context but it said concepts create idols only wonder comprehends anything people kill one another over idols wonder makes us fall to our knees um, I'm sure that's some like really deep, rich theological, like the wonder at the the Lord of the universe. Um, who, he, he's the one that ultimately makes us fall to our knees. But, and this is actually like as a m- simple twist of fate. Like last week, the episode we you know you mentioned we couldn't record, so I, I re-uploaded an older episode where we talked about the the transcendence specifically of music. Um, and like I, I in that episode in the beginning i talked about genesis 4 where there's like a, a a genealogy where it talks about this person this person this person was like this cra- like was known for this craft playing the harp uh building things whatever it might be like the the fact of the matter is is like god uniquely gifted people with the ability to play the harp beautifully Obviously, not not everyone can do that. Like, even if you dedicated your life to it, there are still people who are just, like, innately born with, like, these gifts and these abilities that others don't have. Like, I can't draw to save my life. My wife, on the other hand, brilliant artist. So, like, there, there's a reality in which, like, our creativity, our artistic ability is derived from the Lord who is the ultimate artist who is the ultimate creator. I mean, he, he, he created the cosmos. He created the, the, the universe, the, the, the edges of which we are never going to see, but they're, they're out there. I assure you they exist and brilliant, unimaginable things are happening planets away and like all of it for his ultimate glory. And so like what we've done on this planet, and this, I mean, this is, this could go down a whole spiraling, just <laughs> never-ending barrage of, of other problems. But you think of, like, deforestation. Why is deforestation a problem? Well, we've taken our natural resources to mass-produce things, and now we're left with fewer resources. Um, you, you think of, like... Um, uh, why am I blanking on the word? Like, you mentioned how... Um, most of our things are made in other countries by people that are vastly underpaid. I mean, we can just call it modern day slavery. We don't need to have like a sugar-coated term for it. Like the things in your home, do you know where they came from? Do you know who made them? Do you know how they were made? Do you know how mistreated some of the people were? 
And so like, these are the things that like, ultimately I wanted to get to that. Like, it's not just that, like, oh, like I, I miss this bygone era where music was just like more soulful and creative and we've just like commodified it and it's just not as good. I'm not just trying to be like a grouch. I'm trying to like, here, here are things you can see. Here are the things in your own town, on the radio, in your home. And now think deeply about them. Now, again, a simple twist of fate would have it that this episode was recorded days after Black Friday. Days. <laughs> We're two days removed from this day that is dedicated, well, one day removed from being thankful we suddenly like go out into stores and just like spend our last dollar on this useless almost always it's useless mass produced garbage like it's it's TVs that are you know going to crumble in a year and a half it's you know this thing that's not going to work the way you want it to and like people the 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 companies they know these these conglomerates these mega companies they know we're going to be suckers and go out and buy it all they're going to rake in the profits and it's all just junk and here here's the thing too man companies year over year want to see growth they want to see profits and it's like you can't just keep like gaining profits like you like there's a reason that the federal minimum wage is still 725 that is what i made like 15 years ago in my first job we're, we're we're in we're we're in a place in our country where people there are people who literally can't live but like billionaires continue to increase their wealth what wealth is 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 relegated to the few well the people who who are you know we're the ones who are giving our money to these people like now now it's just again we could spiral into a whole a whole bunch of topics here so i'll I'll refocus on this this purpose of art so application one think about the things that you buy before you buy them i'm not saying you can't buy that table at walmart i'm not saying you can't go black friday shopping but i'm saying like think before you spend like can you get something that is more ethically made? Can you get something from somebody whose livelihood depends on these things? I mean, you mentioned my wife is an artist. Like, that's what she does. She goes to markets and, and different things. And, like, that's how she, like, she, she runs a small business. And so she she relies on, on other people um, coming in and doing that as opposed to, like, you know, a big box store down the street like Walmart. And there's, you know, thousands of Walmarts in our state alone. Um, they're going to continue to be billionaires and billionaires and billionaires. Um, or uh, another just horrendous example, if you've ever watched the show Dope Sick on Hulu, it's about the Sacklers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Sacklers. Uh, we're talking about the opioid epidemic. It is, I mean, I almost just said the F word on air. It It is messed up what the Sacklers did in the early 2000s surrounding opioids, the ways that they lied. The ways that they misled doctors, the way that they falsified information to get a drug to market, to get it pushed and pushed and pushed, such that today we are, I mean, people are literally losing their lives because of this drug. And it was the, the way that it was manufactured, the way that it was advertised was completely manipulative, all because they wanted to make some money. You know, we, we know that money is an evil thing. The scripture talks about it all the time. It's the root of all kinds of evils. It's easier for a camel 
You ever seen a camel? You ever seen a needle? The, the eye of a needle. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I like, think about that all the time. I mean, I'm sorry, Elon, if you're listening. I'm sorry, Sacklers and, and the Waltons. But like, come on. You, and, you have billions of really... dollars and you buy Twitter. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Exactly. And the thing is like, the thing is like, what's helpful is is obviously like, um, you know, the production of synthetic pharmaceuticals is is not art but what 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 that you know i mean and and fill in the blank with example you know the like twitter is not an art that you know whatever but the the point that i'm getting at is like that is not an example of you know our systems of profit and capital and commodification and our you know the way that we have structured this consumer-based economy, et cetera. Like, that's not an example of that, that you know, interlocking group of systems ruining art. But that's, like, the same process being applied to medicine, which is, is its own thing, right? And the, the dark side of what we're describing with art, kind of like you're saying, like, it's... It's not just like, man, I, mi- I miss, you know, the good old days of music or, uh, you know, silent films were just so much more, had so much more integrity and quality than they do now, which might or be like, true. I'm what not, happened to Call of Duty? Like, I miss the good old days man, of COD. I do miss Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it's, it's not, it's more than that. And it's really, the, the more is, is, is clearer in the context of something like you know medicine giving way to the pharmaceutical industry right and um you know you can look at the ways the ways that you know like um you know like fracking and fossil fuels as an industry you know like look at like exxon as sort of like the maybe like the equivalent and like i know when you and i were kid aged it, I'm sure that it's, if anything, it's probably even more prevalent now. We just don't, I just don't hear about it as much. But I remember hearing a lot more about like big oil spills that would happen when a tanker would, would wreck or, you know, something like that. And, and like the, the devastation that causes and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, we don't, the world doesn't need that to function, but we lock our, we, we, we lock ourselves into needing the oil industry to function because the rich people want to get rich, and you know, okay, well, whatever. Point is, like the like that process, you know, like if you if you look into you know the the two thousand eight housing crash and and um, the you know sordid history of um, I always forget is oxycontin is that the the specific drug? Yeah, that that's they, that, that's like the yeah. the, the, the um, that kick started it. But, but opioids in general, you know, like, like exactly what you're getting at. Like, if you look at these things, these processes, um, it's not so much that they're inevitable, but the, the systems we've invented kind of make them inevitable because they're, the systems are designed for one thing. And if, again, if you can sum it up in one thing, and if you can sum up that one thing in one word, it's commodification. And what do you get, like, in terms of the cultural products right 
we haven't even gotten into this stuff, but so you've got you've got art and all of the the, the impacts on artistic pursuits that transforms them from you know a labor of of pouring yourself in a in a really with art like like not only a physical or a mental but a real spiritual and emotional sort of exertion into pursuing this artistic uh, task before you whether you're producing, you know, pottery or art or, uh, I mean, uh, music or film or whatever it might be. Um, but what is a, what is a consumer culture of commodities? That's what it does to art. That's what it does to medicine. That's what it does to housing, which shouldn't even be, none of these things should be commodities, but especially that maybe. Um, but what about, what about religion, right? Like even from a purely, and I hate sociology, but even from a purely sociological perspective, look at, you know, religion in America from the 1950s to today, as opposed to like the 1650s to the to the 1700s or whatever. And it's like it's there's a lot of differences. And a, and one of the one of the big differences is is that the cultural difference of post-industrialized consumeristic commodity-based economy as opposed to agricultural and you know artisanal mercantile kind of economies of of yesteryear and it's not as easy as break all the machines and just go back to an earlier time but it's like it's it's what you were saying it's it's kind of like take a look at you know a lot of the the, the circles that I think our podcast tends to float around in, a lot of the things that those circles seem to sort of share in terms of um, criticizing big megachurches and prosperity gospel and, you know, the kinds of um, Christians who, especially post, you know, pandemic, like, would substitute sitting on the couch and streaming live streaming a service and call that going to church and say that that's there's no difference you know those things that that we've touched on some are all of those on air and like i said i think the kinds of people at least based on you know social media and stuff i think the kinds of people who sort of find themselves comfortable listening to us and kind of agree with us generally i think i think would generally agree that, uh, on criticizing those kinds of expressions of christianity like a a sort of you know a la carte buffet of you know religion where i get to just shop you know church shopping right and that kind of thing and it's like that's 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 that it, culturally speaking, that that is that is a result in the religious world of these same kinds of processes that give way to insulin costing thirteen million dollars a dose. And that disclaimer that was a made up number. I know that was a made up number. You, you get the point. Um, and music being just sort of boring, formulaic. You know, everything's the same song produced by the same three producers at the same two studios owned by the same record label or whatever every summer and blah, 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 blah. And uh, fill in the blank of your favorite art form being, you know, devolved into into that kind of thing in terms of its main, quote unquote, mainstream, you know, most commercial successful expressions the reasons those are the most commercial successful expressions is because they fit the 
the whims of the moment. And so that becomes what saturates the market until we get bored and we move on to something else. But it's the same thing over and over again. And religiously, you get mega churches where you just kind of, you know, sit at home at live stream and maybe you maybe you tithe a little bit or maybe you get involved in, you know, some weeknight group. But if not, no big deal. It's up to you. You're the consumer purchasing religious goods in exchange for your time and, and tithe or whatever. And it's just like the the parallels are a little more strikingly like dangerous, you know, in terms of we're talking about medicine and, and you know, opioids or we're talking about Christianity and this sort of buffet style religion. Like you, you can you can maybe more immediately see how that's like damaging to us as as people when we when we are sort of duped and participate in those expressions of things. But the idea that that it, it's sort of a bummer, but it doesn't matter when we're talking about art, I think just totally loses something I alluded to at the very beginning in the intro, which is like art has a value in its reflection of like just if nothing else, and I'll leave it here, but but there's so many other things that could be said about the value of art. The value that art ought to have and does have intrinsically is is at the very, very least in its diverse reflections and expressions of the giftings and the talents that God has given people when ordered correctly, they are able to fulfill this purpose of expressing the beauty that God is, the source of all beauty, and and to, um, you know, like the psalm, talking about making music and singing unto the Lord, David dancing before the ark, the actual craftsmanship and art that goes into the production of the ark and the tabernacle and eventually the temple. And, you know, I, I was going to mention this earlier, but like, like centuries old cathedrals that I've, that I've stood inside in Belgium that just took my breath away, even though they have basically become just tourist museums, which is heartbreaking where it's like, even in that context, I walk in and I feel the, the sense of, of what a sacred space produces that you don't get with just, you know, the, and I'm not saying that you're not a church if you meet in a strip mall, but like the strip mall church kind of stereotype where um, there's obviously complicated things like whatever. Point is, um, art has something that's really important culturally and socially and religiously. And for Christians, we, we can sort of locate that theologically in who God is as our creator and us being made in his image and God as creator and us being made in his image, creating things. Right. And, um, it's, I think it's, I think it's, it's obviously sad and a bummer and heartbreaking, but it's also, I think like on a historical scale, I think it's, it's pretty devastating to a culture to not have, and we do have artists, but like to, if there were ever a culture where art no longer existed, and every the only music was you know the top forty hit or whatever, and the only movie was the most boring, uh, you know repeat blockbuster thing that you could imagine um, every single day. That's the only you know whatever. Like that would be that would be. I can't even really imagine. You know, I think of things like nineteen eighty four, Brave New World, in terms of like the cultural impact. What do you do when your culture shrivels up and you have no cultural artifacts anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what that does. 
Well, it's funny you mentioned that. And again, this this is none of this was intentional on my part. But the other day, my wife and I woke up early. We're like, hey, let's just watch a movie. We couldn't find one, so we watched Wall-E of all movies. But like, man, Wall-E came out in like 07 or 08 before even the advent of most smartphones. Like most of us had cell phones at least, but we didn't have smartphones. But like, when you watch Wall-E, it is like a a dystopian world overrun with trash regurgitated electronics all these things like the 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 world is has become so uninhabitable that we leave on this axiom spaceship where we are just constantly uh which being, is literally a company <laughs> yeah which is literally yeah a big giant company big and large or whatever and it's it's like it's like we're the, the people are so distracted they're they're so enamored with the thing the screen in front of their face that they don't even realize one of the lady goes oh i didn't even realize we had a pool like when she gets knocked out of her chair and so my 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 application for this episode my warning and i liked i like too that you mentioned cathedrals because i was going to use a cathedral as an example cathedrals are these beautiful works of historic architecture like i i've seen a couple of these things in, in real life and i just oh man I am blown away. There's a reason that we are drawn to beautiful places and beautiful things like that, historic. Like, obviously, it's because it, we don't have that here. We don't have that historic rootedness. We don't have that that beauty all the time. Um, so when we go to other lands, when we go to Europe, when we go to the Mediterranean, but, like, think about it, the, 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 the intent the purpose in the design of those things, those buttresses and those arches and everything was pointing your gaze upward, which theologically, I mean, that had, that had theological implications. And that was going to be my application was look up, literally look up from your screen, look up from your laptop, your phone, whatever it is. We are, we, we've become so distracted and so consumed by these things. And I myself am right there with you. But like, look up, literally look up and look at the world. Look at your children. Look at the things in your home. Again, where did they come from? Why did you buy them? What are their purpose? Like, think about carefully what you do and why. And like, theologically, look up to to, to like the, the one who created things, who created all things, who gifted people with craftsmanship and musicianship, etc., like, I do wonder, obviously the world's been messed up since Adam and Eve. Like, I recognize that. Sin is in the world. It's always going to be in the world until Christ returns. I'm not naive. I'm not stupid. But I wonder sometimes, as you mentioned, when when a culture is no longer um, perhaps defined by, by true art, not by capitalism, not by consumerism, but by like art for art's sake, what, what, what do we lose do we lose a connectedness to one another that we used to have when we live in these separated cookie cutter homes, buying our cookie cutter products, never interacting with anything that's real anymore? I, I wonder. So so again, my application as you as we exit this episode, like literally look up, get out of your screen, get out of that thing that is keeping you from whatever it might be. I mean, there's a thousand different things that you could be more primarily focused on. And like, let's live in the real world and not this just like fantasy land that's been created. 
um, you know, let's do all that we can to ensure that Wally doesn't, you know, become a real thing in 200 years. I think it took place like 200 years in the future. So like, yeah, come on. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say or do you want to pray and, and exit out of this? No. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray out of the Psalms. This is Psalm 100, which <laughs> was bookmarked in my Bible. It's called Be Thankful. A psalm of thanksgiving. Okay, so again, this is all just very um, providential. So it says, Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. His people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness throughout all generations. Amen. Amen and amen. Man, uh, I mean, like I said, I feel like this this topic is a, a gargantuan one. Obviously, I'm one man. I'm not going to fix all of our world's current problems or anything. But all I can do on the little corner of the, the internet that happens to tune in each and every week, like my encouragement to you is 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 just that look up do go out into your world uh you know be nice to people be nice seen all those things that we jokingly say but are like true that you should do uh, but we, we just want to say thanks thanks for listening to us talk about theology thank you for listening to us talk about you know things that are probably way over our understanding and our comprehension um but we just we want to you know stoke the fire of 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 thinking um, to stir your imagination to something greater. And again, I didn't even land on what I meant earlier, but that that quote of only wonder understands anything. Like how often do you sit in awe and wonder? How often do you like de- deeply contemplate the divine? That is, I mean, in its truest form, I think that's what the end of art is. Good music, good architecture, good food, good whatever. These, 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 these things that God has gifted us with, that he's gifted people with the ability to do and make, it is all pointing upwards to him as, as he is the axiom. He is the, 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 the most good, the creator. He, he is the giver of these things even. Um, and so as, as you contemplate your own skill, your own craft, your own ability, whatever that might be, like to what end do you use that thing? Uh, do, do, do you sit in, in awe and wonder and contemplate the, the mysteries of, of uh, an eternal God? I don't know. That's, that's, that's where I want to leave it. Like, there's no place to land other than wonder in, in an episode like this. So, like, wonder with us. So, so thank you for listening uh, today and ever. Um, we, we just want to say thank you. Um, if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and instagram at doxology podcast you can find us at g uh uh, on you can email us at gmail uh doxology podcast at gmail.com uh send us your questions episodes um episode ideas whatever it might be we'd love to talk we'd love to hear from you and until next time go wonder and wander not all who wander are lost (laughs) 